and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is about all those brands which have made online first their go-to market ploy and are reaping dividends. This issue has stories on seven such brands which have flourished by selling directly to consumers. Joining me on the call to talk about his package is Forbes India's Rajiv Singh again. Hey Rajiv, welcome back. Hi Abhishek, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. One of the unintended consequences of the pandemic is that e-commerce has gotten a big lift. Could you give a little bit of a perspective as to how it was just before and what it is now? So Abhishek, let's start with 1999. You know, that was the time when K. Vaithaishwaran, along with his five friends, he started Fabmart, which was India's first e-commerce company. This concept of online buying or shopping was absolutely alien. Just to share a very funny anecdote, he invited his friends to buy cassettes from the site. And cassettes was one of the categories he introduced online. Can you beat that? All his friends asked for the physical address of the store so that they could come and buy cassettes. People were not aware about online buying and uh, shopping. And now imagine uh, a lot happened since then, last over a decade. Last year, when this serial entrepreneur, Vaithai, he again took a dab at entrepreneurship and he started a startup called uh, Again Drinks, which is a dairy beverage brand. So this time, ironically, he went offline. So most of the sales was happening online, offline because in India, still 90% of retailing was offline. But then came pandemic. All retail stores and offline stores shut down. Now he went direct to the consumers. And it's all about time. And when I spoke to him, you know, it's everything is about timing, Abhishek. Just like in cricket, you know, a ball you can get caught at the boundary or the same shot can go outside the boundary, out of the boundary. So you know, he says that now the timing is perfect for direct to consumer brands. That's the difference between 1999 and 2020. Right. And this time, do you reckon the habit will stick because people will get used to doing this out of safety if for nothing else? Absolutely. This habit is going to stick for, you know, a long period, I would say, if not forever. It's, it's quite unlike the demonetization time. If you remember that during demonetization, cash disappeared, everybody went online in terms of payment. The digital payment was the only way possible. But that time people made a blunder, you know, writing the cash as RIP of cash, that cash will never come back. But cash came back. But in spite of that, a large percentage of population got converted to online payment and they're not going back. Same thing is going to happen because of this pandemic and lockdown. A large percentage of population has been converted to the new religion, which is online. And they're not going to go back to offline. Uh, you know, Vishik, all the startups that uh, are mentioned in the package, all seven of them, it's, it's the intrinsic part is belief in what they were doing. Rebel Foods, because Rebel Foods is the torchbearer of the entire thing, started long time back as Fasos. And Fasos was an offline brand to start with. You know, they had one store in Pune and then from Pune, they uh, diversified to multiple cities. In four years, they had 40 plus stores in 10 cities. And then suddenly a light bulb moment when they realized in one of the surveys, consumer surveys they did, that 75% of the consumers haven't seen a Fasos store, but they were still ordering from Fasos. So that, you know, made them close all the physical stores, which was draining the operational expenses. They shifted to uh, dark kitchens. At that time, there was no concept of cloud kitchen. And it has done wonders for uh, Fasos. From one dark kitchen, you are churning out multiple brands. So Fasos went online to start with. Then came Bahru's Biryani, which is again a 100 crore brand in less than four years. Then came the pizza brand, Urban Story, which is again a 100 plus crore brand. So from the same kitchen, you are churning out multiple brands and all are 100 crore plus. 
There was one fast food not very far away from my place among the 40 outlets that they've opened in three cities or had opened at the time and you said they didn't do too well they bled some 105 crore rupees until 2012 now are they making any money so 540 crore 540 something is uh, the unaudited numbers for march 2020 and then the losses have come down come down substantially and and you know jaydeep barman one of the co-founders he says that over the next few years he definitely intends to turn profitable but the point is who would have given you know all these guys a chance a couple of years back who would have thought that a, a brand that doesn't have a physical presence or a store outside people would go and buy that brand it also offers you a chance to fail quickly if you have to then at least you will know where you stand rather than uh, uh, if i remember the figures correctly some of the rent that fasus was paying for some of its uh, stores was up to 100000 rupees a month you will really have to sell a lot of rolls to uh, get that money back you know at times uh, the rental was equivalent to what they used to sell monthly <laughs> you can imagine how disastrous that model was you know the, the second beauty uh, of the entire model is or the good part of the entire model is that it's based on consumer insight and feedback so whether it's fasos rebel foods or whether it's wakefit everybody went to the consumer directly asked and you know found out what was missing in their life what what was there which they wanted to have so give a couple of examples here if you can raji from your interaction with a couple of these founders maybe let's let's uh, circle back to wakefit uh, which which is a difficult product to sell online that is mattress for the readers to give a background it's a 200 crore uh, rupees company and they sell 1500 mattresses a day online how did the founders there get around indian consumers proclivity to you know bounce about the mattress in a physical store or 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 maybe even sprawl all over it when no one's looking you know research and studies shows that human body needs 14 days of regular sleep on a mattress to know whether the body can adjust to it or not this was not happening when you were buying offline so what these guys started doing they rolled out a 30 day free trial program so idea was very simple take the mattress use it for 14 days not for 14 days for 30 days sleep on it and then get back to us if you like it if your body suits it then you know buy it even for returning it no no money uh, was charged and no questions were asked more like a literal meaning of uh, sleep over it for 30 days and see if you can uh, make a decision um, and and they did it for a surprisingly long period of time didn't they uh, for a good uh, year and a half and they extended the free trial to 100 days is that correct yes it was a game changer and again the extension happened because of the consumer feedback so some of the consumers in fact most of the consumers said that they were not available in a go for example if you're using the mattress for 14 days or 15 days in a row at times they used to travel abroad so they were level in one go so th- these guys thought why not extend 30 days to 100 days they would have read the dreadful statistics of returns on apparel and on various other online products like these so this was a pretty big risk what was the returns ratio there to sales Th- this was a huge risk that both of them had taken but that never happened because you know everything was backed on chemistry and logic and they also made a profit not something that e-commerce firms are usually accused of they have been profitable from first day and and this is what you know most of the investors and uh, other people they found hard to digest how can they be profitable so when they had this uh, their their numbers audited by top 4 audit companies then finally people realized that they are not fudging the numbers It, it's genuine and imagine all these guys for little under 3 years they remain bootstrapped no investors used to back them because nobody bought their story in spite of being profitable so 32 failed pitches and then the 33rd pitch happened to be sikoa they they put in money 
and that's how they got the first investment excellent another story that i liked was that of uh, beardo uh, the men's grooming brand beardo doesn't just sell products uh, which take care of uh, the beard 70% of their sales are have got nothing to do with the beard but uh, how does it work for them who would have thought that anybody you know a player like beardo would come and then would explore and find his niche so niche was first targeting the beard nobody was looking at beard and that to doing it online because you know men's personal care product was still largely an offline business now it has been bought by marico and marico has always been an offline offline player and and this is what all these nimble startups direct to consumer startups have to contend with at one point of time they might have this the situation that they have to either sell out so does marico offer them the independence uh, to operate on their own so ceo claims that uh, both are distinct entity beardo is a independent unit working on its own just like before the only change that has happened is now it is owned by marico nothing else changes the entire team remain the same the co-founders have moved out but the entire the rest of the team remain the same so they are working as you know the same separate small entity you also write that half of their revenues come from tier 2 cities india has always been an aspirational country and you know last 5 years this is what has unfolded in a big manner in india people have been aspirational they've always been in cities but the untold stories in smaller towns and tier 3 and beyond that's where people have the money and they have aspiration and and millennials you know they don't care for a legacy brand or a big name if you have the right kind of product and if you're listening to them then your sky's the limit what are some of the other companies that caught your interest and attention and that you've written about them mama earth to begin with they started as a baby care toxin free products and gradually evolved as a personal care brand again a 100 crore plus brand doing amazing stuff then another another startup that is doing in the same category i would say a personal care product is uh, sugar cosmetics so sugar has a, has a hybrid model it started as a online only player but after 2 years it you know diversified into offline and now as a hybrid model but imagine the beauty of starting online after the lockdown and the shutdown you know they went back to online because quickly and they didn't have to make an effort because the core was intact it was always online and talking to them gave me an idea that they were they were telling that you know the other offline brands or the cosmetic brands who are not trying to go online can't do it at least for next 6 months and that gives them a heads up they have an edge over them because so, you know imagine a brand which is born online it can any time anywhere can go back to online but that's not so easy for an offline brand that doesn't have online in its dna but what i found interesting is is that mama earth and and we will come to noise which is a homegrown consumer electronics startup uh, that sells headphones smartwatches speakers wearables now these companies got into an already crowded market why did they believe they could take on more established players according to you because that's the problem with established players when you become big you tend to lose your connect with the consumers or millennials in this case you know it's one size fits all if if i have a big player like uh, take anybody x a big offline player in uh, consumer electronics if it comes up with one product it is for everybody they don't want to know whether the consumer wants a improvement upon that product or some new features or extra features which they would love to have this is where all these online players have an edge they go back to the consumers even if something goes wrong with the with the product the callback is at a lightning speed there is always trial and error but the the most important point is feedback listen to the consumers make them realize that they are part of the brand one common theme which all of them have is that they are crazy absolutely crazy nobody gave them a chance but they gave themselves a chance who 
would have thought that anybody would sell mattress online or create a new 100 crore brand food brand online who would have thought anybody would take on dominos and especially a player that doesn't have a physical presence selling cosmetic online is again is not a joke i will give you an example of what jaydeep barman one of the co-founders of rebel food said he always believed that when people don't believe in your idea that the best place to be in that the best space to be in when people then nobody believes in your idea because nobody will copy your idea yes here's to the crazy ones so rajiv thank you very much uh, another crazy man on the block covering the crazy companies thank you very much for your time on this one uh, rajiv thanks a lot abhishek pleasure talking thank you and all you listeners you can uh, please pick this uh, issue up it's it's a relatively fat one and it's a very colorful one uh, you can find this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on itunes you can get this on stitcher as well as on spotify and to have someone call you for a forbes india subscription message forbes to 51818